Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rugby Dungeon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And thank you for leaving reviews, whether it be on Twitter with a nice little tweet or on iTunes, which is far more important and gets us up charts. Talking of Twitter, I'm at Jay Beardmore. This podcast is at the Rugby Dungeon. And of course, there is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the world's biggest rugby podcast out every Monday without fail. All of these podcasts are supported by Leo Vegas. So whilst we're on the topic, why don't you go to leovegas.com, have a look at the game of the week that me, Tim and Phil have predicted. We've all given our own individual scorelines. I do believe that Flats and Shanks have also given their individual scorelines. See what you think. And if you want to... Why not have a, have a go yourself? That's leovegas.com, supporting Rugby Union, i.e. Leicester Tigers, and more importantly, supporting Rugby Union podcasts. Well, importantly for us. Anyway, today's interview is with Nathan Catt. Hope you enjoy it. Mate, today we um, had a little trip to Bristol, a few of us. Uh, me, Ross Batty, Guy Mercer, Henry Thomas, just a little change of scenery. Uh, traipsed about, tried some uh, local delicacies. Merce took us to uh, a builder's cafe, which was very <laughs> nice. tasty. Yeah, what? so uh, we had a, yeah we had a nice day actually. What was that always a plan to, to go to a cafe? Well, he wanted. He's been going on about it for years. Apparently, he's been a few times. Uh, mixed reception for who he's taken is. Oh dear. It's pretty greasy. So I think he's gone down with a few of the leaner boys, and they've kind of put their nose up at him. But he took a few front rows, so we were all pretty pleased. Nice. Well, I mean, you say a few front rowers. I don't think there are a group of leaner front rowers in the, in the entire Premiership, is there? Well, Max Laheef, he ruins it for all of us. Uh, he is in ridiculous shape. Yeah, I know. It's actually, it annoys me, genuinely. <laughs> he makes the rest of us look bad. Uh, I, I th- I'm not sure, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Is he the only front rower that you know of who has a six-pack? Uh... Yeah, Paul Darren Jones used to be pretty ripped. Did he? But other than that, yeah, not, I've not seen anyone. Yeah, he was in good shape. So, what was the trip to Bristol and Adolf? Mate, nothing particularly. We just kind of thought we'd change it up from sitting in uh, mm. sitting in Bath. Thought we'd go and have. A, I had to go and uh, sort some uh, a suit up for a friend's wedding, so we were just kind of thought we'd all pop over something different to do. Uh, uh, you're originally from Bristol, yeah? Uh, yeah, Bristol and Clevedon. Uh, so, th- was that where you where you started playing your rugby? I started in Clevedon, so Clevedon's is a funny one because it's closer to Bristol, but it's in Somerset, so you get quite a quite a mixed 
uh, variety of sport. The supporters is pretty much 50-50. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I started playing in Clevedon. Um, they take it quite seriously at the, the senior school. It's a state school, so obviously, um, yeah, not as much as a lot of the other schools in kind of the area but you know still reasonably um seriously quite a few boys have come through and you know done quite well from uh, for a state school not really too close to a premiership club um so yeah i kind of got into it there tried to play football miles too fat miles too slow <laughs> so uh, getting pushed into rugby did you ever play your club rugby in bristol uh, uh no no i didn't i didn't play rugby at all when i was lived in bristol i did i started playing when i went to Cleveland. Oh, right. Yeah, because I actually went to university in Bristol. The only reason I went to university in Bristol is I literally got up a tractor and I drew like a 100 plus mile radius from my house in North Wales. Like, right, I'm going to go there. And then the second thing was it's got to have a premiership rugby team. And at the time, Bristol were. So I played a little bit of um, club rugby in Bristol. And it is the club rugby scene there is absolutely bizarre. There's a club there I used to play for called, I I think it's Ding's Crusaders. I played like two games from. And it's a weird setup. They've got like... Four clubs, I want to say, all on the same playing field. Yeah, I um, I think I know what you mean. I think Dings is Dave Atwood's old rugby club. Is it really? Uh, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it is. In and around that, done like a little bit of coaching. Might have even played there a couple of games. Yeah, because um, so yeah, yeah, it's it's all pretty. Um, they're all pretty close together. Yeah, because it's got you've got like Dings, Bishopston. There's a couple of others, and they're all literally on like this same field and I can only assume that once upon a time they all have their own separate grounds and they're all sold to make a Tesco's and they all congregated back back in this place it makes sense mate uh, so tell me about your tell me about your standard sort of week then it, it sounds like you've had a day off today but what usually goes on at Bath in a day to day sort of basis um, so probably pretty similar to most other rugby clubs to be honest uh, Monday's typical Meetings, uh, review, weight session, a uh, bit of rugby for the boys that aren't too battered, mm-hmm. um, and then there's quite a lot of there's quite a coffee culture because obviously a lot of the boys live in town. Yeah. Um, so all the guys and socialise with each other, and you know, uh, after training, uh, Tuesday pretty similar. So probably either one or two rugby sessions uh, with a weight session, mm-hmm. and then again, always some boys around if you want to come. You know, grab a tea or coffee, maybe a little bit of cake. Uh, Wednesdays, day off. So whatever you want to make of that. Thursdays, weight session, rugby. Um, and then another rugby session in the afternoon. Then Friday, team run, play Saturday, Sunday off. So uh, yeah, I imagine it's pretty similar to uh, most other clubs. Uh, nice. Well, so I've always had this impression of you of being a superbly strong prop. Now, it's not because of how you've played. Although I will say that uh, when you have played, it's been very impressive. It's because I was watching uh, rugby. Uh, what's the roundup show on ITV? Uh, the, the like the Premiership roundup show. Um, I the one done by yeah the uh, the one done by Flats. Well, yeah, the, it's it's a show with Flats on, and he does this thing. And apparently, you guys have got some scrummaging powerometer thing, and he's demonstrating it. And he goes, "The guy who's got the the best score on here is Nathan Katz." Now, I took that as gospel until subsequently I've heard. Flat say he is neutral on all rugby players except for Nathan Cat. So are you actually the strong, yeah. the strongest prop at Bath? Um, I'd probably say no. We, to be honest, we don't really use it very often. Ah. Uh, and also, Max O'Heath uh, is super, is like ridiculously strong. As are some of the other boys. I'm gonna be honest and say that's probably Flat's giving me a little bit of love there because we've definitely not tested it. 
Oh, I had that suspicion. It's like an uncle of mine said that he used to go to school with the old United keeper, Les Seeley, 20 years ago. And I've kept that for a long, long time until the disguise was ruined. Same thing again, I'm afraid. Yeah, I mean, if you ask my mum, she might give you the same opinion. But <laughs> I can't promise you. Yeah, we've not, to be honest, we've not tested it. I use it quite a bit. I've not seen... Um, some of the other players even use it, so I, I, they couldn't even give you a score. So what do you actually use it for? And, and actually, just describe what it is first, because people are thinking, what on earth are we talking about? So it's essentially a one-man scrum machine, and it will give you um, a power score, so for your engage, and then a score for the constant pressure you put across. Mm-hmm. So I kind of use it for... Um, I try and use it just for a little bit of technique, just so I can kind of get the... I normally get one of the analysts to come record... Uh, me doing it so I can see kind of what it looks like for me to get a good good um, good scores so I can get like the feel to yeah. how I look at it just to, to almost make it easier when I'm reviewing my own game um, against people so I can I know what, what kind of what output I'm look, looking at um, and how it would look look on the eye I see does that make sense yes oh, okay so are you doing things like okay so when you've got an analyst there and he's filming you, are you looking at your body shape and you and you check and see if you, what you think is good technique is corresponding with good scores? Yeah, exactly that. So all I'm all I'm looking at really is body shape and then seeing how that transfers onto onto the scores. And if I'm going to maybe use it a little bit to try different, slightly different techniques, so I can see if I'm going to get a better score and see again by looking at how it uh, how it appears to the eye. Oh, that's really interesting. So have you changed your technique? at all to increase the score on that machine a little bit but it's it's quite hard because with the new rules well not they're not new anymore well they're four years old but yeah. the way the rule changes affect it there's a lot of pressure before the engage so you can almost get really good at a scrum machine but it's not similar to a game whatsoever because you get really comfortable but then you haven't got um a mass a tight head pushing back against you do you know what i mean so it's almost it's not negated but mm. you, you've got to take that into consideration so just explain that in a little bit more detail then. I mean, before what you were doing is you were hitting that machine. That was giving you your initial nudge, if you like. And then it, it was a power af- after that. Now, because you don't have the hit, you are just measuring, I guess, your power afterwards. Essentially, I still, I mean, there is still an engage, mm. but you end up kind of, if you say once you're in the in the scrum and you have to engage your 100%, Probably before it, you're around 50. So there's still there's still a lot of ju- uh, jostling before. Do you know what I mean? Before that yeah. engagement on the bind, when both teams meet, everyone kind of pushes a little bit. Mm. So it's almost like you've got to take that into, uh, into consideration. You can get in a lovely shape on a scrum machine because it's not pushing anything back, whereas you almost need to like push the scrum machine a little bit. Yeah. This is, that kind of makes sense, but it, it's not quite the same the same feel. So nowadays, I think... Like ninety percent of the work you do needs to be against another live opposition because I think you form bad habits otherwise. Oh, I completely agree with that. Um, as a group, then, because you know, in terms of opposition, I think you've probably got some of the best opposition because you've got one of the best propping groups, maybe, in, maybe in the Premiership. Yeah, it's. Um, I think we've got really good strength and depth. You know, we try and talk about our scrum sessions. We, we want to try and make them. You know, as hard as they're going to be in a game. Mm. Um, I think. I think we're kind of across the board. Managed to get a, get a lot better. You know, we've obviously lost. Uh, Henry's been out for the season. We've lost uh, David Wilson. So you know, that's course, two yeah. international at the start of the season, which we haven't had now. Which has meant Max Lahiv's had to kind of come across, and he's done unbelievably well. You know, from 
um, to learn how to play tight head and what he's been doing it probably less than a year. It's unbelievable kind of the standard he's at now. Um, and then you've still got, you know, Kane Newport and Sean Knight as well. So we've got really good strength and depth. Um, and when Henry comes back, you know, it just kind of increases it as well. Loose said side as well. I think Nick Autorak, unbelievable. Um, yeah, last year struggled a little bit of injuries this year. And Ben Urbano, I think it's going to be, uh, I think he could be really a, a star. He's so strong. Yeah. So, yeah, got a lot of, uh, a lot of strength and depth. No, I've ne- I never understand this, OK? I don't understand why more props don't move across. Not because I think it's similar. Uh, I know it's a lot more difficult. But in terms of just you know negotiating your next contract, surely putting your hand up and say, yeah, look, I can do both loose and tight should be massively beneficial. I think the problem comes, loose heads would struggle to get a tight You need to be a lot stronger uh, and probably quite a lot bigger. Believe me, mate, if I could push over there and get some of their contracts, I'd be straight up. <laughs> <laughs> the reason Max Lee's gone that way. Um, so I think it's probably easier for a tight head to come to loose head. Yeah. Um, to be honest, it's it's not as hard to play loose head. Um, there's a lot less demand. You're not getting attacked by two people. Mm. Um, whereas loose head, you, I think I think it's easier to be to a decent standard. Yeah. There's not too, there's not too many really really good tight heads. Whereas yeah. I think that the loose head, uh, standard is probably a bit higher because it's so hard to do. See, I, I think uh, even regardless of, of that, I think I would try and pick an easy game, so-called easy game, to have a quick go at tight head. Get it on video, get it on my CV, and then when <laughs> negotiations come up next time, you can say, look, I, I'm worth loose head money, sure, got that. Not quite tight head money, but let's meet in the middle somewhere. See, the, mate, I tried to do it playing for Newbury. Well, I didn't try and do it. Basically, the tight head got injured, and it was... Fancy going across, and it was either that or we aren't uncontested. So I went across. First scrum, I ended up with my genitals on the back of the, t- the loose head. So I was like, "Yeah, probably not for me." This. <laughs> oh, really? What you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 a baptism of fire, to be fair. So just in terms of props, in terms of groups of props, do you think there's anyone else in the Premiership that that, that rivals you guys in terms of just sheer depth? Yeah, I think um, Leicester have got. Oh, to be fair, mate, there's quite a few. Leicester have got um, a lot of strength and depth. Sarri's. Uh, mate, a lot of the clubs have got um, a lot of good strength and depth. To be fair, I think I think you need it. I don't think you can get away with the days of just keeping your front row on the field for eighty minutes every week. I, I think they'll, um, I think they'll probably crumble after a little while. I think just the the amount of force that goes into it, um, they'd be doing pretty, pretty well. I know there's I know there's guys that do put a lot of minutes in. Um, yeah, I think you're probably better off having a bench that can kind of make a big impact and then even probably you need a, a good third set of props I'm only saying mate just because I'm just trying to keep the value of us front row boys up <laughs> yeah exactly well you need lots of you and you need to all be paid very very well I think we can both agree yeah, on that basically. yeah yeah I always think of uh, yourselves and Northampton as two teams of having a load of depth in in the front row yeah yeah Northampton I mean they, they've got again like kind of we did start of the season two international tight heads uh, Alex Waller has been doing unbelievably there for a while they obviously had Corbs there yeah you know what I mean um, Ethan Waller so yeah they've got a lot of strength and depth as well um, maybe I think I think we could go through quite a few clubs with um, with that kind of strength and depth particularly you know as I said Leicester they've got Ayotza Rizzo Genge uh, Cole Balmain um, Bateman you know? yeah yeah you know, they're, they're, all of these are they're good operators there's no there's no easy games. There's no easy first front row boys. Every it doesn't matter who we're playing. You know that other teams gonna have a good scrum and it's gonna be a hard day. Mm. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Well, just moving on slightly then. What has the season been like this year at Bath? Because it's been a bit of a strange one for you. Um, you started the season, 
under Toby Booth, who was very much in a transitional role following all, everything that went on last year. And then you had a director of rugby come in, I want to say maybe two or three games into the season. Yeah, it was a bit bizarre. We kind of, we sat down um, at the end of the year, at the kind of start of this season. Was like A few of us guys sat down, had a chat, and we just kind of said, look, lads, this goes one of two ways. We either kind of sulk a bit, um, you know, kind of see what's happening, make some excuses, or we kind of like, dig in, see what happens, see kind of what, we didn't know which coaches we had at this point, uh, see what happens coaching-wise. Um, and we just crack on with it and just kind of try our hardest, get ourselves out of, you know, a bad situation. Um, coaches come in, they've been unbelievable, really positive, you know, st- and we ended up starting off the season um, really well, you know, picked up, I think it was we won six or seven games. Yeah. Um, and then you just folded a little bit in the middle period. Um, and then we've kind of just been a little bit seesawy since then. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's been a strange season. I think um, if we'd have said at the start of the season, we'll be fourth place um, with uh, five games to go. Um, I think we'd have taken that, whereas now I think, you know, we've done well, seesawed. I think there's, the boys can really push on now. Yeah, I mean, you are looking in, uh, you know, uh, as a very heavy favourite, actually, to take that fourth fourth position now, which no, I don't think anyone would have predicted that at the start of the season, not because of the quality of the squad, but because it's such a big upheaval to go from one set of coaches to the next. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's kind of, as I was saying a minute ago, you know, We'd have taken where we are now, but I think because we started so strongly, um, I, th- I think there's, I think if we were to f- finish outside the top four now, I feel like it would be a failure for us. Mm. Um, and I, th- I think we've done well. We've, I don't want to make excuses, but we've had, you know, a few injuries, and we're starting to now get these boys back, um, which, to be fair, are most of our international players. So hopefully, you know, they can kind of bring some momentum, bring some of the that class uh, that they've got, and we'll see. See how it unfolds, but yeah, no, I feel I feel positive, um, and I know that the boys feel pretty positive and excited about the end of the year. Now, do you know when you're you're playing under a certain DOR and then that DOR disappears? Uh, particularly in your case, where you were doing your pre-season, were you guys all just kind of training, knowing and using the moves and the processes that were set up by the previous regime? Um, or were you just trying to focus on thing, things which are slightly more slightly more generic because you knew a change of regime was going to come in and you had to learn something completely different anyway? No, so what we what we I mean we still had Boothy, we still had Darren Edwards, yeah, um, Barry Mallet, you know, so we still had a, quite a bit of the coaching team. So we stuck with a lot of the things we've been working on, um, and then we, obviously Todd and Tabs have come in and they've just kind of stuck to it as well and just start slowly started kind of adjusting what we've been doing. You know, they haven't come in and said, right, get rid of this, kind of rip your playbooks up. We're yeah. going with all that. We're going with this brand new plan. They've just kind of come in, tweaked here, there, and just kept that tweaking going. And eventually, hopefully we'll end up in kind of what they're looking uh, to get us to. But I think, yeah, as we said, kind of, you, it'd be tough to start a season completely with a new game plan. I think we just probably struggled. So I think they... Uh, I think it was clever to come in and, as I said, kind of let us go with what we knew and then make these. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. 
they supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Slight or old, uh, make these little adaptations kind of on the run. And what are the sort of adaptations that, you, that you're starting to see now? Because obviously they're bedded in quite well. Yeah, so kind of the uh, attack philosophy they've got in terms of uh, where they're putting our putting our players, um, trying to conserve some energy for the for the bigger lads, uh, try and keep them around the middle, and then defensively, just kind of the uh, the philosophies and the, the techniques um, mm. that those guys have brought as well. I've got to say, as a man, uh, Todd Blackadder seems mighty impressive. What is he like to work with? Yeah, mate, he's he's just a bloody good bloke. He's um, got so much time for the boys. As soon as they came in, um, the pair of them knew every single player in the squad. You know, the academy boys, they even knew half the partners' names. So really? that kind of, yeah, it's, um, it was actually kind of, it was unbelievable. You know, you'd, you'd meet them uh, in town or whatever with your partner and they'd say hello to you, hello to Sabrina. Yeah, I was I was genuinely like, wow, these guys, genuine, they just really, really care. Um, I, I think that's kind of half the battle is that they just want to, they just kind of want you to get better as people. They obviously want you to work hard, but you know, providing you you kind of give everything, those guys will just keep giving back to you. That is incredible, actually. I mean, I knew they had a lot of detail involved in their planning and in the build-up to taking over the squad because I think they watched something like you know, forty odd games before taking over. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't. This isn't factual. I might be making it up, but <laughs> someone else. It rings a bell that someone said Todd had watched our previous two or three years' worth of games before arriving here, which that, is, you know, that's not, not going to be any time quick. Uh, that is pretty impressive. Now, just quickly, I've heard a, a small story. Have you ever given a Lions job to anyone? Uh, I knew you were going to speak to... But, mate, when you said <laughs> I'm going to ring flats, I'm just, I'm just going to ring flats and get someone, I was like, oh, God, so I know where this is going to go. Uh... Right, come on then. Do you want me to tell the story, do you? Absolutely, I do. Um, right, I'm not going to name the the uh, the chap who it was, but we've there was a guy that worked for the club uh, as a kit man, and you, we had we used to play a little few practical jokes, uh, and one day I called him up and offered him the uh, Lions kit man role, and got a good couple of quotes off him. Um, <laughs> couple of times I had to put the phone down because I was laughing too hard. Uh, a couple of tears in the eyes. Um, yeah, eventually, you know, came clean with him. He wasn't too happy, but uh, that's right, isn't it? You can't be as gullible as that. Uh, who who did you say you were? Because you sound fairly, you know, you sound fairly unique to me. I, you got quite a recognisable voice. Strong Brazilian accent or Somerset accent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, who did I say I was? One of the lads knew, I think it was the Scotland... Kitman had something to do with the Lions, so we were this chap. I can't even, I can't remember his name. And yeah, it worked. It worked perfectly. Pretty much <laughs> within thirty seconds, we were hook, line, and sinker. 
um, yeah, sending him around the world on <laughs> Nigerian Airlines, I think it was. So yeah, we had him. We had him pretty well. Nice. It was, uh, one of my favourites, to be fair. Uh, and what's your sales pitch? That oh, the Scottish guy has pulled out. Uh, we need someone with a lot of experience quickly. Uh, you need to book some tickets. Um, yeah, pretty much. I think. I think the Scottish kit man had done it previously, so I think he needed an assistant. Mm. I think I think the man, our kit man, had made the cut for for being the uh, for being the assistant kit man. I, I felt a bit bad, uh, <laughs> but, but not bad enough to not do it. Exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. You've had um, a fair few years now of being very very good, but suffering from injury. Um, and actually, before we go into this, are you uh, are you completely healthy now? Yeah. Um, yeah, mate, for the first time for quite a while, um, you know, I'm actually not injured, which has been lovely, to be honest, lovely to be back out running around with the boys. And um, what have you had in the past? Because you have had some prolonged periods of not being in the game. Yeah, so I struggled season before last, season before last, a couple of years ago, I had a, a neck uh, issue, which kind of reduced the power in my left arm, but I managed to, it wasn't really too painful, picked up a few stingers, so I managed to play the season all at half the season with this injury and they had it done mm. uh, as soon as the season finished. So then it came back from that, which was three or four months. And then after four games, I dislocated my shoulder and there was a reasonable amount wrong with it. So we kind of, it took three operations and then there was some nerve damage as well. So that ended up taking me uh, a year. So I essentially had kind of 16, 17 months out. Wow. Well, and, why three operations? Uh, so I think they put something back together and then missed a little bit, and then we had to go and do something else. I'm, I can't fully remember. It, it 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 just didn't go smoothly. And then, as I said, they missed. Uh, they weren't quite sure what was wrong, and it ended up being that there was some reasonably decent nerve damage, which kind of masked a little bit of maybe some tears or something. Oh, but yeah, it was basically a bit of a... So we ended up uh, taking a lot longer than it should have been. Well, so you've got a shoulder injury, but because of the nerve damage, you're not realising how bad it is... Uh, physically is it so yeah kind of i mean so we did the first one and then i didn't quite get my movement back and then started doing some more nerve conduction tests mm. and then realized actually this nerve is a bit more damaged than it probably was and also we need to go back in and do something else with the shoulder it's not quite fixed up so they basically said do this first operation uh depending on how well you heal we'll know if we need to do this other operation and then we obviously had to do the other operation which then led into a third and final one. But hopefully oh, now, it's all, it's all good. Just have interest, how long does it take you to get your, your full strength back up? Um, it's, it's hard. It's probably, with nerve damage, I don't know if you've uh, encountered too much of it, it can last up to maybe two years, maybe a little bit more, but sometimes it doesn't even fully come back. So I'm still a little bit weaker uh, in the left side. But yeah. it's not too bad and it's perfectly functional. I'm just not going to be getting any PBs in the gym or anything. Yeah, no, uh, I know shoulders can be a nightmare. And if you don't don't get them seen, seen to, they just tend to nag on. And, uh, excuse the pun, but it's a real pain. Yeah, it, was, um, it wasn't a lot of fun. I'm not you. It was pretty uh, pretty dark. Well, but, now you yeah. are fully fit, uh, it kind of feels like you're on the verge of the England team. You're at least in Eddie Jones's mind. So how does this all come about? Do you have regular contact with England? Is there someone phoning you occasionally? How is the whole process from playing well to club and then slowly getting involved with the national team? Uh, to be honest, I'm yeah relatively fresh into it. So, yeah, kind of found out um, 
was in the squad, did some training uh, with those guys. Obviously, didn't get selected. Um, Mako became came back fit. So then I just kind of had a weekly update um, and feedback on how I'd played and where I was at, essentially, from Eddie and then Neil Hatley as well, obviously, on the, Who knows you incredibly the scrum well. side of it. Yeah, I spent, obviously, we had hats here for quite a few years. So, yeah, it worked. Um, it was probably a little easier going into camp because I obviously worked with hats for a little while. Um, so I knew kind of roughly what he was wanting to do, um, at least scrum-wise, and then obviously seeing what the uh, the rest of the, the squad were trying to do um, in the other facets. It sounds like a stupid question, that's okay. But when you're called up, I, I mean, you've played representative rugby before. Uh, now, a stupid question. I assume you know all the boys there anyway, but is there a, any element of kind of well, you know, welcoming you in, a bit of an introduction, hi, I'm Dylan, that kind of thing? Or is it a lot more um, formal? Um, yeah, no, no, it's pretty informal, to be honest. You've met quite a few of the guys before, played against them. Um, so, yeah, a few handshakes, you know, say hello to everyone. And then it's almost you just need to kind of get up to speed um, with, with the rest of the squad as quickly as possible. But yeah, no, all the guys are really good. Everyone's, um, everyone's, you know, very helpful. It's a massive uh, emphasis on learning um, and improving culture, and you can really see why they're successful and how they have been successful. Mm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, it's you need you need to get up to speed quickly. When you say up to speed, do they sit you down before you go out training and say, look, they, these are the things that we want to do. These are things that we want to plan for and how we want to play. Study this lot. And then come out and join us, or are you just thrown straight in, and you've got to learn on learn on the fly. A little bit of both. You get um, you kind of get a playbook and get uh, all the calls um, and kind of the philosophy of what they're trying to do. But it's very different to actually seeing it on paper and having to run around and do it. So mm. you, you've got to learn quickly. The first couple of sessions, uh, I was running around like a headless chicken, and then eventually kind of trying to pick up. You know, learning how they do things uh, and what they're trying, what they're what they're trying to do. Cool. And what do you think that they expect from the props in in particular? Um, they talk about defensively. They want you to be able to be aggressive um, and go make those kind of leg chops. Um, they want you to be very aggressive in the in the rocks, very uh, effective cleans, and then ball carrying. Very uh, again aggressive, just dynamic. Try and make the make those yards. And, and are you targeted on these things? And they said, look, look, you're a loose head prop. You've got to be bring me back. At, you know, ten ten tackles every forty minutes or whatever it is. I'm not sure. Yeah. So that I've not played. I know that so the feedback I've received has been: listen, you need to make your breakdowns need to be more dominant, um, and your ball carrying needs to. You need more leg drive in it. Really. So, so yeah, so I think it depends on. I'm sure everyone's got their kind of own individual work-ons. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. As I said, I'm not sure if uh, they're going to come off a game and whoever say Joe Marler's made 15 tackles and they say right, you made your target at 15. I'm I'm not sure. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, because I know Joe Marler's got a, a phenomenal work rate in defence, in particular, actually. Yeah, yeah. When I've, I've obviously watched him play, played against him quite a few times. He's uh, yeah, he's. Very good defensively. I, I always wonder as well. Do you know when you get your feedback from the national coaches? Did, when you did, and when you looked at it, did did it tie in with any of the feedback you get from your bath coaches, or was it like, oh, oh, I I didn't know that I uh, didn't drive my legs enough in contact? Yeah, it, yeah, it does. It um, to be to be honest, mate, with us front row boys, there's not <laughs> there's not that many things that we could be critiqued on. You know, our basics are essentially ball carry, tackle, clean, scrum. You know, yeah, that's fair it. enough actually. 
as long as you're doing kind of th that right. I mean, you can add some more into that, I suppose. But yeah, we we ain't doing too many triple miss passes and <laughs> I mean, anything anything too much else. So essentially, we just need to be dynamic and aggressive in our contacts. Excellent. Right, let's just turn our attention to the to the season. We're on, like you say, the last five games. Give me who you think uh, is going to get to the final of the Premiership and also tell me of all the teams that you've played this year who has surprised you and who might we not have known about during the season as a, as a casual fan so final wise I think Wasps I think any to be fair I think any of the, the clubs could make it but if I had to go now from who we've played this year I think Wasps have looked probably the most dangerous oh yeah because uh, you had that, that game up in, up in Coventry Coventry, they yeah. yeah they fair a few times were very lethal, um, and then they were very good when they came to our place recently as well. Um, and then oh, I'm going to have to back us for the <laughs> to play them in the final, which of course you've got you've got to do. Surprise package, I think. Um, okay, I'm going to say I know that maybe the the league uh, place doesn't show, but I think Worcester have got a really good set of forwards. Ah, oh, that's I've, interesting. Yeah, I think they've got. Um, I think they're some very big players, very strong. Um, so I think they are you're probably, as it maybe a little underrated. To be honest, I think yeah, probably the surprise package would be them. Do you know what? I don't disagree with you there because if you look at who they've got in the back line as well, they've got some real game breakers. They just don't seem to play in a way to utilise them that well. Yeah, potentially. Um, I just know that you know when when we played them earlier on in the season and um, when we've got them here, you know. People were saying from the outside, you know, Worcester, you should win that game. And I just think, yeah, OK, we, we will be favourites for it, but I, I would not be underestimating that team. You know, I think they've done well in some games this year where, particularly, I mean, to be honest, I look, I'd go around looking at scrums and I just think, <laughs> who's got good scrums? Yeah. So I, I just think they're, um, I think they're underrated and I think they could go, maybe not this season, but in, f in future years, if they keep that kind of core together, I think they could do well. Yeah, uh, well, of course, they're under the tutelage of Gary Gold now, who you know quite quite well. What do you think will be different under him? I think he, obviously, I don't know their previous yeah. coach, but I think he is a hugely intense guy. And like we said, Todd, he's also a very good man. Like He really cares about the boys. Uh, he's he's tough. And I think that he will, if there's a man to kind of grind you out some, some victories, I think he's the guy to do it. He'll get kind of all the boys on board. The boys will all absolutely love him. Um, and... I think they'll, they'll, um, but maybe, well, they, to be fair, they've done pretty well since he's come in. Might yeah, take a little bit of time to kind of fully, fully get him, but yeah, they'll, uh, they'll work hard for him. That's guaranteed, and he'll work unbelievably hard. Yeah, I, I think you've, you're already starting to see a little bit of this. That last, well, the last time we saw him out in the Premiership was against Bristol, and they did look like a different team. Actually, they played very well the game before that. I can't remember who, who it was against. But they played some very nice rugby, and then they just kind of shut up shop a bit. Yeah, he um, well, at least when he was us, he was, had quite a, a kick. In, but mm. you know, he does it all. Um, he uses a lot of stats uh, and sees kind of what works and uh, and how to best play the game. But as I kind of said, he'll make them hugely physical uh, and hugely intense, and then play in the right areas. So yeah, you, I think you'll see it. They. they had some better results and played some good so I definitely think uh, they'll, they'll come through it depends on what happens with Gary and see where they go but I think they've got some very good players and good coaches excellent tell me Nathan where can we find you on social media where can we find what Nathan Cat's up to next mate I 
to be honest, I've got a Twitter profile uh-huh. because the boys, I've got a Twitter profile, but only because the Bath boys made me a Twitter profile. Oh, really? So, so is that <laughs> not actually you? It. And I got made a fake one, so. No, it is me, but I had to make one because they had another one. They would like, like, they started to build up followers and they managed to get like a, a little <laughs> fake blue tick or something. So did I was like, really? I see where this is going. So I had no input to join it. They did quite well, to be fair. Shows that you're a popular guy. No, mate. It's because we've done it for previous people, and then I think I was probably one of the only people in the squad that didn't uh, have a Twitter profile. So um, they decided to make me one, which I didn't enjoy at all. No, but no, it's quite I... funny, and can't complain if you do it to others. Exactly. Uh, out of interest, who, um, who, who have you done it to in the past? Well, not me personally. Oh, co- obviously not you personally. <laughs> um, yeah, we had a, let's call it a team Twitter account, which was the Dunnanator. The, the who? Did you ever see any of that? We No. So Tom Dunn, yeah. when he was a young academy player, had we made him a Twitter profile called the Dunnanator. Nice. And we had a lot of fun with that, which eventually got closed down by um, by the rugby club, our club, because they didn't really want, um, they didn't really want Tom Dunn taking to get too much. Yeah, yeah, it started to quite a lot of, Profile. I think we kind of have our RPA uh, awards, and quite a few of the other players from clubs had voted for the Dominator to be the player of the year. I don't think he even made it. Um, he was like coming onto the pitch, and lads were like, "Watch out, Dominator's coming!" So it was a lot of fun. We had so much fun with it, but it got it got uh, shut down. Can we still find the Dominator now, or is it actually there's just there's just nothing left? I, I think there's nothing left. Mate. I mean, at one point, it, it was in like top top ten parody accounts. We went really? hard with it. Yeah, we went. Oh, sorry, top ten parody accounts in rugby. Yeah, we were, it was. It got pushed hard. I genuinely think everyone in the squad, but Tom Dunn, had the password. Wow. So, uh, so the best parody accounts out there for rugby at the moment, um, it's got to be Unreal Gavin Henson. Yeah, I like that one. Love, yeah, very... love Unreal Gavin Henson. And there was another one. Oh yeah, uh, Len, uh, Lendred. Oh, I've not seen Lendred. Lendred's not really in operation anymore, but it's. I think it was. Can I can I say this? Yeah, I can say it. Um, I think it was Tom Croft when he lived with uh, Ben Youngs, and he just quoted things that Ben Young said, and it's brilliant. Oh, I like that. Oh, it's it isn't it quite special? Where can we find you on Twitter then? Uh, the real you, that is. Uh, Nathan Cat one two three four five. There's not a lot of activity that happens in it. I'll be honest. I'm um, too scared of getting in trouble. Uh, well, you're a wise man, Nathan. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure chatting. Lovely. Thank you very much, mate. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.